Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Hey guys, it's Daniel Smooth from Time to BS. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And I got something to tell you all today. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one simple place. Let me explain before we start the show. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Sports Cave, part of Time to Be a Studios. Ah, wonderful Zoom ladies. There you go. This meeting is indeed being recorded. Welcome back to the Sports Cave, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me, Samuel Smooth, Zach Kyleman of Gridiron Gallery, making his return. What's up, dude? Hey, I'm doing good. <laughs> you are tired, man. You, you, you just came back from vacation. You are sunburnt. Like, oh, yeah. little yeah. sunburnt. Enjoy, enjoying time at the beach at the lake. Right, the lake. Yeah, right, right, right on Lake Michigan there. Uh, yeah, just about a few hours uh, up north of where I'm from or where I'm living right now. So uh, that's good. Doing good though, but yeah, the sunburn definitely has me low energy. I uh, tried to do stuff when I got I got home basic basically a few hours ago, put some stuff away, and it was just enough to get that stuff away so I can then get up here. And then I was like, I need to take a nap. So, but right. I'm here now, all set. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing i'm doing great <laughs> that's good that's good i mean we should be doing great besides your vacation training camp is coming up in the national football league i know oh i know we get uh, 10 like, days till most of the to a good chunk of the team's report it feels like just yesterday we had tampa bay and the super bowl with kansas city kicking their ass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does feel like that doesn't it and uh have you grown ever so more optimistic about your chicago bears since the draft Sure. I mean, I read, I read up on what the, what's going on. Most of it's about really Justin Fields right now. Uh, and you know, everything you, everything you hear out of, uh, out of any OTAs or any, uh, you know, pre-training camp workouts is that he, he's sharp as a tack. He's uh, very detail oriented. He's got either player personnel or non-player personnel. He expects, you know, at least a lot out of them. So he's trying, his presence, I guess, is being known is what you hear a lot of. And then the other point that's been going on is uh, starting defensive defensive tackle, Eddie Gold, or yeah, Eddie Goldman. Um, he was, they were wondering if he was going to be returning. There were talks he might be retiring. Uh, he is not, he is returning this year. So uh, we're, I'm excited for that because he was uh, definitely a force that was missed last season in the middle. Bears uh, rushing defense was definitely not as good because yeah. he was gone. So uh yeah, that'll help with that'll help with the inside. Uh, it'll lay off a little bit of pressure for Akeem Hicks, so he can go do what he does best, which is he's better at pressure, better at pass rush rather than the run game. Um, 
So yeah, I'm glad he's coming back too, and that we don't have him retiring. You know, we can hope we get uh, fully healthy and uh, fully prepared no, no nose or defensive tackle in there. I mean, you have to be somewhat excited for how Fields has been has been doing so far in rookie minicamp. You have to be excited, You're like, but at the same time, I mean, I know Chicago fans to a degree, like to a degree, well, are just like. Please don't be Rex Grossman. Well, I think they're more like, please don't be another, uh, don't be another low quality quarterback. Oh, that's what, that's what a lot of them want. I mean, please. we we just moved on from Trubisky, uh, which we've had that debate raging for his for for his for his four or four years. So, uh, you know that that was a tough that was a tough one. Uh, but look, I mean, a lot of stuff is positive since they drafted Fields. I think a lot more people in Chicago are high on him. I mean, we we went from being down on the coaching staff and the organization as a whole before draft night, and then they traded up and got Fields, and everyone's all uh, kumbaya, singing praises and expecting a decent future now. So, you know, I think the the kid is reinvigorating the city, so that's nice to see. Uh, It was kind of just really in the doldrums last year, reading anything Chicago Bears. uh, After being your second year, eight and eight, you kind of – just trot in the playoffs and kind of lay a dud in new Orleans. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's nice to see some optimism, you know, yeah. am I fully buying in? No, because I'm a guy that believes in on-field production, you know, uh, a lot of stories can be written and I understand there's a lot of people near Justin Fields and you can, you know, for comment saying that he, they are seeing these things. I'm like, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's a hard worker. You know, Trubisky was also known to be a hard worker. You know, he also had some traits that people liked. It does seem like Fields reads the field better from what we're being told. Uh, but now I just want to see him play. You know, that's kind of a thing I hold back. I'm like, I can't fully buy into pe- to players because you can only write so much. I need to see them on a field of play in an NFL setting. So preseason, I guess, is the first step. Like, let's just get there and then we can start talking a bit more on maybe some points like, and then show me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm a very much a show, not tell type of person. Like you yeah. got to show me production. I can't, I can't listen to off field stories and go, Oh yeah, I'm buying in fully. I'm going to, I'm going to lay my entire stock. No, I need to see what you look like in a setting. That's not just, you know, pad, pads with shorts or, you know, less contact, more, you know, preparation type of thing. So, you, you know, I, especially as a bears fan, skeptical about the QB, so I'm I'm definitely more of a uh, you got to give me more than just yeah I, I don't blame you on that in. one I don't blame you on that one no, I mean mm-hmm. how much of you is begging Aaron Rodgers doesn't play this year how much of you is begging that I would like that um, I also I wouldn't mind if he moved away from the NFC North so that <laughs> you know we can start talking about maybe uh, someone else goes and gets the NFC North. Uh, there's the top of the at the top for the crown uh, i mean if that was the case i would put minnesota unless somehow jordan love has had leaps and bounds grown in the time he has sat on the sidelines which i mean i don't i mean last i understood that wasn't too i haven't heard much confidence on his growth off field but no you know again have to wait till he was to get he has to get on the field again to show any of his talent so uh yeah i would like him to as a bears fan and you know i would like him to go and check out greener pastures elsewhere so that or you know chicago can not have to deal with his tyranny anymore oh, yeah. um and also because i'm a bears fan i also say to packers fans out there that you can finally have uh 
an era where there is no success at QB again, because I get really tired that it's been two decades of <laughs> just constant <laughs> Packers QBs beating up on Chicago. <laughs> you know, I need a break. Okay. Oh, My dad yeah. definitely needs a break. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so earlier in the day, Melvin Ingram, formerly of the Chargers, just got picked up by the Steelers. Yes. Uh, he replaces Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. Uh, who leaves for the Tennessee Titans. I completely forgot Bud Dupree signed with Tennessee. Yes. I completely yeah. forgot about that. And, I mean, eh, upgrade? Uh, maybe. Uh, it definitely it fills the spot that was lost. Um, I think Ingram is a solid pass rusher. You know, I think he's, at least you're, I would say you might get on par with what Dupree's production was it's funny because Bud Dupree you know as much as he's been been really good for had been really good for Pittsburgh there's uh worries that you know he might be he might have been overvalued free agent for Tennessee not saying that he is right now but you know might have gotten might gotten his fair share now and uh might be a letdown but uh Melvin Ingram for a year deal I mean I like the deal just for the fact that it's a one-year prove-it deal so you know i I think that you're going to see a Melvin Ingram that's going to come up, come here and go. All right, you know, let's uh, let's turn up, let's turn up the juice a little bit. You know, I didn't think pass rusher was their biggest need though in Pittsburgh. I mean, their defense was already really good. It was. I mean, but their offensive line lost four starters, gone, just completely yeah. gone, and I I don't. I mean. I also don't buy the hype that oh Cleveland's going to win the division right out of the gate. As much oh, as you okay. know, you got you got Mike here in the chat, our favorite Sooner, saying that, <laughs> oh Baker Mayfield could potentially win MVP. Oh, when when NFL MVP, huh? Yeah, when NFL MVP. I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's got a shot. I mean, yeah, he he does have a shot. He's got a I, shot. He year over year, for the most part, most part, I think it's you've seen either growth or at least you've seen the you've seen Cleveland try and adapt to what he works best with. Yeah. Um, which the, the last year's version of the Cleveland Browns is what worked best for him. You know, you, you need, they are the definition of a uh, balanced offense where, you know, run opens up the pass. So, you yeah. know, obviously cream, cream hunt and cream hunt and Nick Chubb, both were, you know, both were excellent one, two punch, both can catch the ball. You know, they, they're versatile weapons that add to a receiving core that, you know, didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. for the majority of its of its year, but still was able to get a lot of production out of it. And I think that Mayfield, I think, is now comfort, comfortable under uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense that he brought yeah. in. Uh, it, he excelled last year in that offense, I believe. I want I want to see how he is with Odell on the field. There's there's some people talking like uh, Odell was the problem. I don't think that's the case, but you know, I think. I think for OBJ, you're trying to just get in this offense and make it work, try and, you know, improve upon what was last year, just maybe a, at least a play, at least one or two plays go your way and you're in the AFC championship game. So uh, for Mayfield, I mean, I guess the sky's the limit. I, I think this is another year where you're going to see people go, all right, last year was good, but for some reason there's always this lingering doubt with him. You're going to see people go, prove it again. Yeah. Do it again, buddy. I mean, I, I have doubts, too, about Odell. I mean, you notice that offense couldn't do dicky squat in the passing game when Odell was, was healthy. And coincidentally, he destroy, he tears his knee up 
their offense is infinitely better in the passing game. So something tells me a trade could be coming. Something tells me they won't stick with Odell because then again, that contract issue. Yeah, I, I want to see if his attitude – well, I mean, I don't know if his attitude's really been as a problem nope. lately. But, <laughs> I mean, I would like to see what – if he kind of reads the room and goes, okay, this is less about production, more about, like, the unit as a whole. So, you know, Jarvis Landry was, of course, the leading force after Beckham went down. But they still were able to distribute the ball really well. And I think that was just – you know, you take a talent like Odell away where – you can't have a quarterback lean on somebody and then you have to be forced to kind of like pick and choose, find them best available target. You know, sometimes I think you see quarterbacks, you know, and it doesn't always end up like this where it's like, it's, it's at, it's the detriment of the offense, but you know, like we talk about how like some of the best receivers can be the primary target, like all the time, like uh, Stefan Diggs in Buffalo, you know, that one was definitely a glove though. Hmm? That felt like a glove though. Oh, I mean, he's got a great glove. You know, and Josh Allen definitely has an arm, but you know, there are times where you're like, man, this is, this is the offense right here oh. for the most part. You uh, know, Jim, the comment, uh, Jim has just entered the chat and said, who gives a crap? Brady wins number eight. Brady wins number eight. Sure. He could. Sure. Hey, he won on a torn MCL. Maybe he goes on. Yeah. A torn MCL. And Tampa, Tampa Bay also retained, they retained everyone. You know how rare that is to retain your entire yeah, team. That's, I mean, in the Bucks, in the Buccaneers' defense, they did retain ever, almost everyone, and then added a few more pieces onto that offense. And that defense was loaded mm-hmm. last year. So I could see them. Let's. I could. They're winning that division. They're winning that division. I, I can't. Yeah. See, I can't. They probably are winning that division. I can't see New Orleans. You know, I'm not buying them as the best team in the NFC because. There's a whole division out in the West where three of those teams could compete for the number one seed. Yeah. So, I again, I mean, Tampa's winning the division. Tampa's making the playoffs. That's obvious. But to say that you know they're de facto repeat, I mean, they're I mean, they're the favorite. They're the favorite by every stretch mm-hmm. in the NFC side. But, I mean, the NFC is so – for the love of God. Jim, again, no, Jags are not making – $5 bet in Vegas can run to $4,000 for Jags and Bucks Super Bowl. I mean, he's confident. anything's possible again. Given that, he's confident. Yeah. He is confident. <laughs> that would be his dream scenario, though. Just, of course, because he loves both maybe somewhat equally – in terms of Tom Brady and then in terms of Jacksonville. He's from Boston, uh, after all. You know, it's not impossible. I mean, it's not impossible, of course, but like, I don't, I don't see Jacksonville making le- this leap where you already see him go from worst to first. In his defense, though, Jim did bring up a good point when he came on time to BS a few months ago uh, okay. before the draft. He said Jacksonville's offensive line was top 10 in pass protection. In twenty in twenty twenty, and they went one in fifteen. Kansas City was was like in the twenties, and they went to the Super Bowl. That's true. Think about that. So he's got he he is making a good case for saying Jacksonville. I do think the Jags will be better. I do think Jacksonville will be a lot better than they were they were last year. I don't think they win that division. 
I think they're a potential playoff team. Contender, playoff contender. Let me put that let me put that sure. in hindsight. Because for all we know, the Texans could be could have Deshaun Watson play this season. And they'll win 12 games out of their ass. Who knows? Yeah, well, that's even Who up knows? in the air right now. And it's talks that he might be try to be moved before the season starts just because of how that whole scenario off the field's going. Yeah, it's true. Um, do you think Tampa Bay has a very good chance to be one of the in discussion for one of the all time greatest defenses ever? For this unit that they return this year? I mean, Mike is on here and he said Bucks defense will make history and can easily be the best defense ever. That's coming from a guy who's a Broncos fan. Well, I will say that, you know, for a unit for a unit that kept pretty much everyone, you know, you can improve upon what they what they had last year. I mean, defensively in terms of the pra- in terms of pass rush, they were beyond dominant. Oh yeah. You know? Uh, that was their bread and butter was just getting yeah. a quarterback. That's main. That's the main thing that they rode that they rode to uh, rode to the Super Bowl was that they just continuously kept getting pressure on on teams. The only exception, actually, that I could say that I felt like you know for the most part I was surprised with was actually the Washington Football Team. I thought they with the with the at least terms of one or two possessions and maybe Taylor Heineke having a bit of a shoulder having a shoulder injury that kept him out for a possession. Uh, they were really the only one that kind of had their way drive after drive. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, pass brush for them, for the most part, Tampa Bay had their way all the way up to the, all the way up to Super Bowl 50, 54. So, yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, I think that they have the potential, you know, they were slightly we- They were a little weaker on the run game, but even then that wasn't really noticeable in the playoffs. Uh, you know, if you want to be one of the greats, you have to be pretty much every week has to be that you just are a stone wall and that yeah. you have to make you have to make people feel it. I know statistically, you know, you're gonna have to get down to like the low teen the low teen numbers at the very least to start yeah. really challenging. You know, now because they retain the whole unit and that everyone can be on the same page, yeah, you you could th- you could theorize that maybe that that is a chance to happen. Uh but I mean I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we had a situation not that long ago, well, it feels like 20 years ago in 2014, where the Seahawks were at a historic rate when Bobby Wagner came back from an injury. They were at one point surrendering under 10 points a game. Mm-hmm. They were for a good four or five weeks stretch. They were allowing eight and a half points a game. I don't think that's I don't think it's gonna happen. Tampa, I mean, I, I don't think it's good, but I don't <laughs> It could. Who knows? For all we know, the Seahawks could go one, one in sixteen, and Pete Carroll will finally be fired. Who knows? Well, keep it. Keep in mind too that you know NFL scoring historically is on the rise year over year. Yes, uh, it's it's the last five seasons. I think it's been are historically some of the highest in NFL history. So to be legendary in terms of like statistics and such, it's getting harder and harder as the years go by. Uh, offenses are getting more and more of the leeway in terms of, you know, whether it's penalties, whether it's, you know, the, the offensive offenses are getting more creative and uh, better at getting down the field faster, you know, it's developing, you know, it's, yeah. you can talk about college concepts, finally start to move over to the NFL. I mean, talk about like Cliff Kingsbury bringing, you know, air raid elements over here, you know, air yeah. raids just consistently going down the field and scoring as fast as you can through the pass for the most part. Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets harder to do that too, 
because offenses in the NFL, what it wants is it wants higher scoring because casual fans, I think also like scoring better defensive matchups to the casual fan. I say, at least from people I talk to, it can be more boring to them. Hardcore guys. I love defensive matchups. Oh yeah. But to those that are like, I love the, I love football because my friends think it's cool or something like that. Scoring is kind of thing. You know, it's the, it's the main highlight makers. Yeah. Um, before we get back to football, I have a quick rant to discuss. Sure. Um, Addison Ray. Addison Ray. Oh, boy. Um, so about a couple weeks ago, she made a controversial Twitter post saying that, oh, I, I did three months of journalism in college to become a UFC sideline reporter. And she's getting destroyed on social media because of it. I don't, I mean, I've had my time to sit on this, but this is the world we live in where individuals who are famous for TikTok and OnlyFans get job opportunities that people more qualified can. I mean, this is me ranting because okay, I'm, I'm an old fart. <laughs> and think TikTok is a waste of time, but what do I know? Not much. Again, I'm just some dipshit in front of a microphone. <laughs> I can't say crap unless I mean I've learned to keep my mouth shut in this situation. But I right. thought this I thought it would just be funny. Uh, by oh, the way, sure. I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know much for the situation, but the way you're talking about it, um, I mean, I look at it as like, say, how color commentators in the NFL, how they are kind of chosen, um, because most of them are, I mean, credit, some of them are excellent at the position, uh, but you look at a lot of them, the way that a lot of networks choose them, they want people that play the game or in the game, you know, or they want someone that gets a name, like generates a name buzz that's on the side from anything I, you're describing what I can kind of pull up on the fly, it's uh, kind of sounds like a scenario where it's like, okay, this is a name that we can put in there. Someone can maybe associate with them a little bit, you know, yeah. does have journalism degree or did study journalism. So, you know, it does fit the bill quote unquote, you know, it's not always the case, but like, you know, it seems to me like there are situations where that does happen. Well, you're more, you're more accepting of this than I am. So, I mean, I mean, no, I don't, don't get me wrong. Like there are times I'm not a fan of it. Like I, well, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm just not. And I, I would have like myself, you know, not to sound like it's like, what was me? I would have loved to have done something like that. Um, but you know, sometimes life doesn't work that way and uh, you kind of have to work, have to figure it out a different way, but very curious you know, to see what you think happen. of the NFC West now, speaking of uh, going back to football. I mean, yeah. cause Mike, Mike backtracked here and said, Hey, Kyler's gonna win. Kyler Murray's gonna win MVP. I flipped it. Now no, it's not it. Baker. No, I, I, that was my fault. That was on me. I read the chat wrong. Oh, uh, okay. Baker make a case. But K, B, Baker make a case, but Kyler Murray is gonna win MVP. But conveniently, both Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, yeah, that's convenient, isn't it? Listen, it's kind of convenient. He's confident in his boys, okay? <laughs> of course he is. Course Michael he is. tell me that for a fact. Hey, it's Oklahoma bias, so <laughs> I can't blame him on that one. But of course he's okay with that. The NFC, I mean, that whole division could be a dogfight. 
San Francisco got better. The Rams, eh. I say meh. I mean, you say meh. I say uh, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you I, saw I really Matthew don't... Stafford firsthand. So you clearly know what he's capable of. I look at the defense and say, okay, sure, you got two of the best defensive players, you two best players at their position. Duh. One of them is a three-time defensive player of the year. I look at the outside and say, okay, John Johnson, gone. Troy Hill, yep. gone. Yep. I mean, Michael Brockers, gone. I mean, I, I look at those guys and be like, all right, it's not just two players that run a defense. I mean, you got multiple guys. I mean, Samson Ebicam, also gone. He's in San Francisco. I mean, you got multiple players on that defense that were starters are no longer on that defense. So I think offensively they will be better. That's no that's no question. Jared Goff over Matt over, or Matthew Stafford, who are you taking? The common fan would say Matthew Stafford. Yep. Because Matthew Stafford, from your first day experience, could throw 500 yards at will if he could. He could throw 500 yards at will. And he's going to fit that offense. It's the defense that I have a concern with because they were the number one ranked defense in football because of all of those guys. Not that I listed there. Not just Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. It's, it's John Johnson, who's in Cleveland. Michael Brockers, who's with Detroit now. You know, Samson Ebucam, who's with San Francisco. Troy Hill, again with the Browns. You've got multiple guys that are no longer there. And trying to fill the hole is I firsthand experience. We have one of the we have one of the greatest defenses in the history of the NFL. You just saw how fast that deteriorates over time. Yeah. So again, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be contenders for the one seed in the NFC. But to merely put them out as, you know, NFC, I got to get some light in here. There we go. To merely put them out there as NFC West champions right out of the gate is, is insane to me. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on this. I mean, yeah, Troy Hill and obviously John Johnson are big, are quite the losses in the secondary. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not slouching on those guys departing funny enough, both to Cleveland, but yeah. I, I just, I like the, I like the Rams mainly for the fact of what Matthew Stafford has under his arsenal. Yes. And you know, you know what, something he has that I think is, it has not been often the case for him. I would argue this is the best offensive line that he has ever had in his career in the NFL. And it's still not a great line. I mean, it still is better than. I mean, for the for the sake of what he's got, this is he's probably having he's probably loving it right now. Yeah, I don't blame him on that one. I mean, I, like I said, it, it's definitely better than what he's had. I would say for the most part, it's better than what he's had in Detroit for his career. Uh, weapons wise, it's uh, you could make an argument that it's the most diverse weapons in his career. I'm uh, sorry, I'm some only of the most running diverse. back and forth looking at a. <laughs> Looking at the chat because Jim just said MVP of the NFL will be Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen, Jim. <laughs> if you're hearing me, I I wouldn't. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. If he takes another step, you know, 
already last year he was flirting with MVP status last year. He was a dark horse candidate for part of the year. So have a whole season like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a problem with that being the, being the possible call. I, I think that I think Josh Allen can make those strides. You know, Buffalo, similar with Tampa Bay, Buffalo retained almost the majority of its roster. Yeah, nice Allen jersey there. The Church of Josh Allen is the Church of Josh Allen. Jim has <laughs> arrived, my friend. He's arrived. <laughs> yeah, the church, the church can definitely get some more prop, can get some more uh, into its coffers this year. Because Allen, you know, trajectory for him in the NFL has been up and up and up. You know, oh yeah, really hasn't, didn't have a sophomore slump. He took more strides year over year. Uh, I think that he's seeing progress because Sean, the system that Sean McDermott's put in put in place and what they're building with him, they're aggressive. It's very good. It's very uh, aggressive. I, I don't see why you cannot you could make not make an argument that for a guy that was a dark horse candidate last year that he should be considered as a potential front runner this he was year. Second in MVP, he was second in MVP votes last year mm-hmm. on a team that was loaded in to like disbenefit Josh Allen. But I mean, they did, he did make tremendous strides. They had the toughest schedule in the league last year and went 13 and three and yeah. got to the AFC championship game. So their schedule is going to be a little bit easier to my knowledge, but I mean, I, I can't see how I don't I don't see there, how there isn't a reason why you can look at this team and say, all right, Super Bowl contender, let's go. I mean, when was the last time we looked at Buffalo and said Super Bowl contender? Probably besides last year. Well, I mean, well, last year at the end, you could have thought that, but I mean, besides then, it's I mean, you gotta 90s. go back to you gotta go back to the late nineties, yeah. It's the early nineties, yeah. I mean I, I feel I feel for Buffalo because as an Islander fan, here we go throwing hockey in there. I mean, I have felt nothing but shame and disappointment and heartbreak my whole life until the last three years. I can finally say, Buffalo, welcome to welcome. You have left the factory of sadness. Well, it's been a long road, but you also have to mention though that Bill Belichick bought a lot into this year to get out of a seven and nine season you know besides drafting mac jones besides all oh, the pages be fine too i mean fine but the question is who comes out on top in that division though they built they all buffalo that's easy I mean, you, you think it's easy yeah you know what else is in there i mean my you know what miami was doing last year yeah but look again to, to bring up my point of the rams i mean most of the guys on that defense are gone and we got glimpses of what tua is is that Tua talking about Lola with the Dolphins? Is that it. going to be Tua? I don't know. I mean, we're just, I mean, say I said it once and we said it again. We're just two guys in front of a microphone recording a podcast. We don't know shit. But more yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know everything. You know more than I do. But let's oh, okay, okay. That. I even me still, it's like it's me going off what I off what I noticed, like and what I yes. think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not an insider. (laughs) They did go ten and six with an inferior roster. Yes, that is that is very true. Um, Jim, I love you already. Lions over the Rams. Love you already, man. (laughs) I think he's just throwing hot takes at this point. He's just doing this (laughs) just to get me to see what I can say. (laughs) Lions over the Rams. (laughs) 
Okay, okay Jim. I, I understand. I understand your opinion. I mean, it's not like I don't like Dan Campbell for the energy he brings, bro. Um, but I would a, love. I mean, to, it's a rebuild. <laughs> I would run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. I loved his press conference right out of the gate. We're gonna bite people's kneecaps. And we're gonna fight people. I'm like, bite people. Yes, kneecaps. I love That's this man already. That one. That one won't die anytime soon. Oh, it'd be great. Quote, it won't die anytime soon. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. I will somehow get tattooed on my ass. <laughs> That's permanently on here. Just... Let's understand here, ladies and gentlemen. I am currently on three cups of coffee in the last three hours. So I'm a little hyped up right now. <laughs> That's the tattoo we're going with. That's a... No, I'm definitely not getting I'm not getting <laughs> I, I have a policy. Only the arms and potentially on only the arms and chest, and that's it. That's a that's a good policy, I think, to follow. I, I would say that's a really good one to follow. <laughs> but going back to the topic of the NFC West, San Francisco got better. I mean, it's I mean they did. Robert Saul is gone, the defensive coordinator, replaced by D'Amico Rhines, who I forgot was their defensive coordinator. And this team would finish top 10 in defense with all the injuries that they had. Still, either that's Robert Sala being a great coach or that defense is just scary good. Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of the testament could also go to Kyle Shanahan as well. Uh, yes. Just the, or- the organization's been different since he's come in. Uh, it yes. it fights hard. It, no matter, like even in losing in in the losing years of for Shan for Kyle Shanahan's tenure, uh, it's always been they've had teams they fielded where it almost feels like they're never counted out. They're scrappy. They fight for their they fight for their coaching staff. Uh, people it seems they like the culture there, and I think that that's something that you gotta give a testament to. You know, whether it's Sala, whether it's Shanahan out there. Uh, they've done a really good job making it to where we fight for every down. We give it our all. It doesn't matter the talent level we have, but if we can be healthy, yeah. then overall we can be the, the most well-rounded team in the NFL if we stay healthy. And, I mean, you look at last year and you look at the year, you look at 2019 or 2018 prior to their Super Bowl run, it's just been health concerns. They continue yeah. like that. Really, they have a roster that is still well built. Like last year, it was the same issues. They had key players like George Kittle and again Jimmy Garoppolo once more. You know that just could not stay on the field, even defensively. Like you know, like Nick Bosa for crying out loud. You know these guys just could not stay on the field. No. You you know you have to. Their roster is one of the one of the best built in the NFL. Oh yeah, but they have to stay on the field to show that. So. Yeah. I mean, this year it's the same thing. You're gearing up. I'm I'm high on San Francisco. I think if they're healthy, you see them maybe not win the division, but I think they're uh, at least the fifth seed or sixth seed wild card to me. And Seattle obviously will have their say. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, they found a way to get Russell Wilson calmed down and uh, can try again this year with him. But, they won 12 games know. with no fans in the stands, in particular, and they won they won seven home games with no fans in Seattle. Yeah. How is this? And the, and the defense got better. The defense got better. They, so they made some moves. They made some moves to benefit the defense, but I, I don't think they'll I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last. They were historically bad on defense for a good part of last season. They were. I mean that that was that's I mean Russ cooking, you can only do that so oh. much. And once they start once people start catching on, it was kind of uh got ugly at the end. It was fun of. while it lasted. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, we're gonna shift to something a little 
bit of more your territory. Uh, okay. Jim says, what's your opinion on the Arena Football League? <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> really appreciate you get guiding the conversation like that. <laughs> He's been well, on today. <laughs> I know he has, but let, let's let it. I'm going to even ask clarification. I mean, I'm not going to ask him to do a text right now because he'll, he'll I'll have to wait for the delay, but um, maybe he'll clarify. He's probably meaning the National Arena League because saying Arena Football or in indoor yeah he said arena football yeah so i'm gonna go with national arena because that's what we've been talking about uh, on our other show uh, inside the walls podcast um the the arena scene for that league has been fun this year it's been i would say explosive uh shortened season with 10 weeks but i just love the game uh it's really kind of under respected in the football community uh, it's one of those that I don't, I think deserves a lot more love. It's yeah. fast paced, high scoring uh, guys get knocked over walls in the stands and people go nuts because of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I love, I love the arena football. Cause I remember um, the arena football. I remember the arena games went back in the old arena football league. When, right. when I think of the arena football league, I think of Kurt Warner and Doug Flutie. I think of those guys Doug and Flutie. people, Doug Flutie, wasn't he in the arena? league? No, no, he wasn't was in the it? arena. I'm thinking of Kurt Warner. I'm thinking Kurt of, Warner's definitely one. Kurt Warner's in a regular league Hall of Famer. That's he's probably the greatest out of all of them. But uh, well, Jim will definitely tell you other. Now Kurt definitely had a solid career in arena. Um, if I had to go with with uh, with Jim's top one, and he'll probably comment this just as I'm saying it. Yeah, uh, Aaron Garcia, I think has the. Our Aaron Garcia, Cedric Bonner, um, you could say are some of the greats. Uh, Funny enough, if you're talking receivers, Antonio Brown's dad, father touched down Eddie Brown. Uh, that could be argued as one of the best receivers to ever play the game as well. Um, but like quarterback-wise, Aaron Garcia holds a lot of records in the AFL. Yeah. Uh, okay. Even one of the guys, one of the higher-up talents actually plays in the NAL who was in the AFL. His name's Tommy Grady. Uh, he, has, uh, he is one of the better ones to have played in the league itself. Uh, and actually, he's – like I say, he's playing in the NAL right now, and he's also lighting it up at the moment too. So really good, really good. And he won the last Arena Bowl two years ago uh, in the final AFL season. I mean, we had an Arena Football League team here on the island, here in New York, uh, the Dragons. They played in Nassau Coliseum for a little while. That's and right. And they folded, to my knowledge. Yeah, they they folded uh, – they actually play. They actually had a decent franchise there. Um, their issue was they folded because of bankruptcy, uh, yeah. because the AFL went into Chapter Eleven bankruptcy back in two thousand eight, and when they reemerged out of that bankruptcy, some key teams never came back. One of those was the New York Dragons. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, <laughs> fucking Dave. Sorry, my friends. Oh boy. One of, my, one of my friends, Dave, is uh, in the chat. Okay. Um, I had to delete his message because it was not appropriate for this chat. That is for good, certain. Good, good call. Uh, YouTube over- overlords yes. probably don't want us talking about Dave, we're on YouTube, you shithead. <laughs> As you drop that, that's nice. Well, I can do that. I, can I know, that. I know, I know. We're- his comment was way worse than what I said. So, <laughs> thank thank. God, I deleted it. Thank God for that. Um, are you? Uh, I mean, I don't know how much you've been following the AFC East. I mean, we were we were talking about the AFC East a little bit, saying who comes out of the division. The Jets. 
I'm not saying the Jets win that division. Dear God, no. But like I'm saying, well, they. I want improvement. I mean, I'm going to see improvement for what so they picked up. They've improved so much. I've been hearing a lot about Rondell Moore uh, so far this oh. offseason. Apparently, he's been kind of a lot of the guys that are Jets guys on my Twitter feed. They're saying he's been a really sneaky Bro. pick, and he's been awesome. That he is beyond better than what his his value was in the draft. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. I mean, Corey Davis was supposed to be the highlight receiver, but uh, if Rondell Moore out of the gate plays like he did. Elijah Moore. It's been Elijah Moore. So or, thank you. The Cardinals. You're welcome. Wait. No, that's yeah. I guess that is right. Yeah, you're right. Rondell Moore for the Cardinals. I, he, he got drafted at Purdue. You're thinking of Elijah Moore, who is out of uh, who is out of Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Ole Miss receiver. Thank you. Mike, I hope you're still in this chat, man. This jersey's for you, man. This jersey's for your boy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I was thinking of Elijah Moore, but I've been hearing a lot about Elijah Moore, Uh, and he did go. And still, even even then, Elijah Moore was supposed to be a first rounder that went second round. So, obviously, uh, obviously, he's been turning some heads. I mean, that's a lot of. It's a lot of pr- he's been getting a lot of good press so far. As part time as part time Jet fan, oh boy, I am excited. I am excited because this team was just bad. This team was just bad last year, and I mean. Dave, somehow get well in the chat. I mean, oh, man, because I am confident because, I mean, they did they did thing. The front office of the Jets did something I never thought that they would do. Jets still finish fourth. No, they won't. I mean, probably, but I don't know. But that's Patriot fan. He's, he is. Um, they did – the first thing that they did was Zach Wilson. Protect him. Protected and benefit him. Give him weapons. Yeah. And they gave him weapons and they gave him an offensive line. They gave him an offensive line. I I don't think, I don't think he's going to tear apart the league right out of the gate, but he's got a, the Jets have a shot here. How do you not look at the Jets roster from top to bottom and say, they've actually improved here. I mean, there's gonna be good signs. You you just want to see first year what Rob what Robert Robert Sala brings. Yes, so, uh, th- they talk about how he's already been a culture changer and how it sounds like in the building oh, yeah. it's a lot different than you know Adam Gay. And was I, I don't think the bar was exactly that high for Adam Gase anyway. It never was. Uh, it it just, it, see, it just got lower though as the years went on. But obviously, it sounds like that. Players, you know, players respect Robert Sala back in yes. San Francisco. It's the same way in New York. Uh, for for the sake of the Jets, just the Jets fans alone, they just want to see progress. They want to see competency. Uh, defensively, they want to see improvements because Sala is a defensive coach. So yeah. that, I think, is where you'll see the most gains is on defense. Offensively, it's Zach Wilson's first season. So as a rookie QB, you want to hope that the, you want to hope the protection improves. Uh, and that he is able to develop without having to scramble for his life 24-7. Yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, you hope that... the starting offense for the Jets, mm-hmm. starting with the offensive line. Mekhi Becton, who's 
probably going to be an all pro. Had a solid, had a really good year last year, oh, yeah. actually. Kind Elijah of stuck under the radar Tucker. from press. So oh, yeah. it was really good. Elijah Veritaker was their other first round pick. Yep, left that's guard. You're hoping a lot from Connor McGovern, who's not a terrible center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Van Roden from the Panthers, or you could throw an Alex Lewis in there. Yep. Morgan Moses, who people forget about. Morgan Moses was a solid right tackle for the. Get a phone call in the middle of a chat. I'm getting a phone call in the middle of a stream. Is this important? No, it's not. Uh, Morgan mm-hmm. Moses, he, he's, a, he's been a solid right tackle for Washington for a very long time. I mean, that's not a bad line. No. It's not. No, I, I mean, Vera Tucker is obviously the wild. I mean, any draft pick to start out, you kind of have as a wild card. Although he was, although he was kind of, he was kind of going from higher higher first round to like late first round anyway. Yeah. So he's kind of one of those you expect to be instant plug and possibly better production out of the gate. Uh, and with Becton anchoring on the left side like he did last year, and again under the radar was when he was playing really really good. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's improvements you expect. Yes. I, like just you just want to you just don't want Zach Wilson getting hit as much as Sam Darnold yeah. was tenure. You know, now Darnold still forced some things, but a lot of stuff he did he did get pressured often and yeah. uh did not was not staying up much in his time in New York, whether it was Adam Gase or not, you know, or Todd Bowles. Just That's he, true. He not at time. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson is a smaller target than Darnold. Very much more mobile than Darnold in my very opinion. much more mobile than Darnold. That's you know, there are a lot of things to I mean there are a lot of things that you look at the Jets and say, okay, if they don't be competitive in their division for this season and for the next three years in general, I mean, I'd be pleasantly surprised because they do look promising. Again, yeah. I still think Buffalo wins that division because they're just loaded from top to bottom. I, th- I think so too, but I, I really want to see – a lot of the talk is that Cam Newton is apparently taking another step in, in Josh McDaniel's offense. So – I mean, I'm not buying. I'm not buying stock that Cam Newton's gonna take no. over the the AFC East, but that that's gonna be some say. And it's when you drop Patriots. all that cheddar to upgrade the way you did, and the Patriots also had the most opt outs last year of any team in the NFL. Yes. They had, I think, 24 off the top of my head. Yes. most of that was on the defensive side of the ball. So you bring back a lot of pieces that were part of a top 10 defensive unit that Bill Belichick prides yeah. himself on. That's what has me going. Okay. Buffalo still is my my team, but New England's not going to make this easy, like no. whatsoever. This is probably New England's probably going to be neck and neck for that division. Yes, for at least half of the season. Yeah, I mean there'll I, be some that that series that they'll have plus Miami fiddling with them being scrappy under Brian Flores. That's going to make or break who keeps up and stays in first place in the AFC East. Uh, Jim said it perfectly. That division's going to be a dog fight. It should be. Any, anyone the division the got a lot better. Mm-hmm. The division got a whole lot better. That team yeah. went from, you know, three teams that, I mean, two teams that stunk badly. Uh, one of them was the second worst team in the league last yeah. year. Uh, the Patriots, I mean, the, it's still the Patriots. I yeah. mean, you don't look at that team and say, like, oh, okay. I mean, they're, like you said before, they had the most opt-outs in the league last year. And they're getting most of them back. Pretty so, much. including most of them on defense. So, 
that that's that's a lot of things you can say. All right, there watch, some... uh, watch Kyle Van Noy go from Miami, and all of a sudden he brings back what he what he was doing well in New England before he got that big contract. Oh thing. God. Like I also find that hilarious too, that, you know, Miami one year didn't feel like they could make it work. Of course they gave him a ton of money, cut him, go straight back to New England. And you watch as Belichick's going to find a way to make him look, look like his old self again. I, oh, I guarantee that is going to happen somehow. Bill Belichick is a mastermind of making people look that good. I mean, look at Jamie Collins. He yes. is going to be Jamie Collins in terms of, Oh yeah, I'm gonna make this guy look like he's uh he was definitely not worth worth releasing again. So yeah. <laughs> I'm saying I'm looking um, for Kyle Van Noy this year <laughs> because Mike is uh Mike is and the anti Joe Burrow is in the anti Joe Burrow hate club. Um, I don't know if you've been so the we have it. He has an, there's an inside joke that we have where uh, Mike just because it, I, it goes back to when LSU destroyed Oklahoma in the semifinals. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. Put up a sixty burger on on Oklahoma. I'm sure he's going to give it the middle finger eventually, it's a, but it's utter beatdown. <laughs> It's beautiful, though. It's beautiful. <laughs> Maybe Joe Burrow can sling it. Um, <laughs> his current team, the Bengals. Um, do you have some confidence? I mean, that that the North Division, though, in the AFC, still looks pretty good. Sure. I mean, and, Cleveland definitely looks like they have the front run. Um, I would say that Baltimore, at the for the most part, is. They're going to have their way. You know, they, they'll be a wild card, I think. Uh, either that or they'll challenge Cleveland once again for the top spot. Um, a lot of question marks for Pittsburgh right now. Um, yeah. We've been hearing, you know, you've been hearing or reading that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is trying to adjust his diet, become leaner apparently so that he can help his production and uh, be more mobile. Um, however, you know, still some questions with that line. Uh you know, and definitely you're going to hopefully see with Najee Harris there an improved run game. Cause that was, that was yeah. a big thing too. They could not, I, I thought Pittsburgh's pictures main weakness last year was they could not get a run game established like they used to with James Connor back there. And I think Harris is a great weapon for size and just pass. Like to me, Najee Harris reminds me of Derrick Henry, but he can actually catch the ball yeah. on a consistent level. <laughs> you know i mean credit they're both alabama running backs but harris is a better pass catcher than yes. derrick henry has he ever is. been he is so. a much better receiver than derrick henry mm. um i did not like the bengals first round pick though i mean well that i mean that was controversial either way were you going to go with the with the anchoring the line because you know burrow destroyed got his knee destroyed and probably won't even be playing the beginning of the season i think he's like i think it's more expected uh early to mid-year He'll get his time back in after he's recovery. in great shape though. When you when you see the tape, he mm-hmm. that dude is tough as nails. Oh, I, I love the he attitude. Tough as nails. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been walking. I mean, I mean he brings that he brings that attitude from his underdog Athens, Ohio upbringing. So, you know, I think that helps a lot. And of course, his college years where he pretty much didn't make his mark till his senior year. So yeah, the dude destroyed his knee like a toothpick, and all of a sudden he's walking. Yeah. Yeah, he's walking and looks fantastic. I mean, I, I understand. I understand Bengals fans' defense, and Jimmy from far of the bench could attest to this if he does listen to this, or he he says, "Oh, I love the Jamar Chase pick," but Joe Burrow got killed, literally, yeah. last year, got killed. I'm rooting for the kid. 
I think I think Burrow's going to do great things in this league. He's got that quarterback. To, of course, Mike is in the chat saying that Joe Burrow could go screw himself, but <laughs> you're muted. Of course, of course. And yeah, you thank you. <laughs> and you mute yourself again. <laughs> or was that on Don't worry. All right. There's a reason, there's a reason why. <laughs> no problem. But no problem. Do your thing. Um, but again, I don't think Pittsburgh is as good as they were last year. I mean, they were what were they? 10 and 0, 11 and 0 to start the year. And yeah, they were 11 they, and 0. I mean, they were probably the worst undefeated team that year. It just no confidence. Like they were kind of skidding by a lot. You know, there, there was no, like, obviously when, or really when there ever, there's an undefeated team in the NFL, you always kind of have this meter of like, okay, how good really are they? And it seemed like so often they just, there were lucky breaks. There were teams that had, I mean, credit COVID played a major part in a lot yes. of a lot of teams last year. And I mean, we're talking about when they were playing the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, one of those contests, the Ravens were ravaged by COVID. They had to delay that game till midweek. Yeah, to get that to play. Yeah, you know, and that yeah. con- that contest they almost won with Robert Griffin. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. McSorley doesn't make me. I mean, that didn't make me feel confidence for them at all. Nope. You know, Pittsburgh nope. didn't really have to deal with too much of that for issues really all year. So, yeah, just saying. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you the Ravens receipt. I mean, they upgraded on the receiving core side of things. They did. Yes, they they did. did. Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman help Bateman a was a Bateman was a great pick I love the choice um I really like Bateman's size and length from when he was at Minnesota um I know that coming into the draft I guess it was a down year for him but I still like the prospects that he has going into yes. an NFL offense and especially since Lamar Jackson that's something that I know people complain about his passing ability but they really I've never thought this is the first year I'll say like okay Lamar Jackson will make or break my thoughts on him as a passer because they actually gave him a core that I think is definitely, it's the best one he's had. Yes. You know, I like Hollywood. I like Marquise Brown, but Brown to me is not a receiver one. He's a receiver two. Uh, Mark Andrews is as the, as your top target. Yeah. You can target tight ends as your number one option, but I think you need to have a number one receiver. Yeah. Tight ends can only take you so far. Uh, even if that is a run first offense. Uh, so Sammy Watkins, who, you know, is still only 27 and, seems like he's huh inconsistent as hell though right well injuries he hasn't lived up to his number one status at least since his first two seasons in buffalo uh you know he's definitely been more of a he's been more just he's been more of a utilized tool as a extra you know an an extra piece in the kansas city offense for a few years and really the only i would say his best highlights were actually from super bowl 53 uh when he actually had 99 yards was one of the reasons why the chiefs came back in that game. Uh, other than that, you know, maybe he gets a little more bit of juice here with Baltimore, but you know, I like the addition there. And then like I said, Bateman, you know, having Brown, having your tight end, having Mark Andrews still as a force, this is definitely a year that, you know, I think we can make an honest uh, opinion on Lamar Jackson as a passer in the NFL. Well, I do think that they will be, you know, better than where they were. I mean, I said this already like six times. They'll be better than where they were last year. I Cleveland to me still takes the cake. That big, that team just looks menacing. It does. They look menacing. 
It does on paper. It's uh, it's definitely should be the best team in the in the AFC North, and it should arguably on paper be one one of the top in the AFC in the conference itself. So, you know, I get that. You know, on paper, always you you can make assumptions, um, but as we know in the NFL, on paper it doesn't always lead to uh, championships for like teams. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. I mean, hey, Tennessee is still super front-loaded on offense, and they still didn't do enough to address defensive issues. They're going to be outrunning people. It's not going to be not going to be stonewalling anyone on defense. It's going to be the same as last year. They're Whoever sprints the fastest wins. <laughs> they are inconsistent mm-hmm. as hell. Because I don't trust Tennessee for one reason. Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback. Oh, come on. Come on. You know he's, I'm right. He's proven enough to where you don't even have to make he's that argument worth anymore. $33 million a year. Come on. You're gonna, that's the that's yes. the reason you have doubts? Yes. Oh, my God. And the defense. The defense is the main doubt. That's true. <laughs> Not Ryan Tannehill. More the defense than Tannehill. Man, I was going to say, I was a little harsh. Yes, I was a little harsh on the Titans. I don't, I was a little harsh on Tennessee. My mistake (laughs) to the four Titans. I mean, look, you can have your opinion. I'm just telling you, like, for the two past seasons that he has either started or has a full time time gig, I mean, last year I thought he lived up to the contract. I I mean, when Tennessee is, when Tennessee, the way that they were moving the ball, you know, they're run first, of course, but when they didn't have Derrick Henry fully there, Dude was slinging the rock. There were people out there that are putting Tennessee as the best team in the AFC since the Julio Jones trade. No. I would tell them, stop it. Defensively, they are too weak to be the best in the conference. They did not do enough. Bud Dupree will not save the Tennessee Titans. No. He will. He should hope. He addresses a need because the Titans have been god awful at pass protection or at pass rushing, really, in the Mike Vrabel era. But which makes no sense. Right, <laughs> For, that is, does not make sense whatsoever. But no, you're you will not. You're going to see them do the exact same thing as last year. They'll they'll get to the ten win mark. They are good enough to do that with Julio Jones in the mix and AJ Brown and Derrick Henry as long as he you know as as he's healthy. I mean Henry's never had health issues, but you know I always worry with running backs. They have they get hit a little more, you know, yeah. and especially for how valuable cards. for how valuable Henry is to Tennessee's offensive scheme. That's the deal. But yes. if all that goes well, yeah, they're they're a 10 11 win team they're again. 10, 11, they're challenging. 14, yes. Yeah, they're they're a 10 11 win team again and they're challenging once more for the AFC South crown because they are that loaded on one side of the ball to where they can just outrun people. But they won't beat well-rounded teams. If you go against Cleveland again, Cleveland will find a way to slow down that offense and then your defense has to start answering some questions. Do you want to make you mad? Uh, you can I mean I don't know what'll make me mad. I think the Colts are a better team than the Titans. I don't think it makes me mad. I uh, I think that there's potential for Carson Wentz to make them better. They're oh, better. They're a well-rounded. They're the most well-rounded of the two. Yes. But the question marks with Carson Wentz and are we going to get MVP Carson Wentz? Or are we going to get the same Carson Wentz we had last two years? That's the only caveat to that response. I am not doubting that you can make an argument that they are better than Tennessee. What I am sitting here and going is, all right, Carson, this is the same question I have for Justin Fields. Let's get on a field of play behind this roster you have, which, by the way, for Carson Wentz, uh, this is probably the best roster he's had since his since the Eagles won the Super Bowl from, get, from when he was on an MVP level. Uh, 
offensive line is stellar. So there's no issues with, I would say little to no issues with pressure. Now credit Anthony Costanza retiring uh, that does dampen some things, but you still have a well-rounded offensive line overall. Uh, you know, they, they picked up Eric Fisher. With Eric Fisher. Yeah, they I was going to say with Eric Fisher. Yeah. Eric Fisher is a pro is a pro bowl tackle that I didn't think should have been cut by the chiefs. Anyway, no. they, the chiefs needed to save some money and that was one of the ways they did it. So Fisher going to the Colts. It's great. Yeah, they, they did the a good problem. job. Okay. I'm going to trash the Chiefs with this. Let me understand this here. Your problem, Kansas City, was the offensive line and how Mahomes keeps backpedaling yep. like he's retreating away like a teenage boy in his first crush. That's why they lost Super Bowl 54. Yes. Thank you. I'm not the only one. Thank mm-hmm. you. But to cut Eric Fisher and, and Mitchell Schwartz, your two best offensive linemen, and then replace them with $18 million per year of Joe Tooney, mm-hmm. how long coming at retirement, Austin Blythe at center, Mike Rimmers at right tackle, which the Panthers can ask, which the Panthers can ask them, hey, you know how it is. And Orlando Brown, they traded a boatload for. Yeah, He's going to, he the, the Chiefs have no leverage in that Orlando Brown trade. If when his contract eventually comes up, they're going to have to pay him top tier offensive tackle money. That's why this makes no sense. Yeah. Well, they, they put themselves in the pickle when they gave, they knew that the Mahomes deal they were going to give them was going to start making some belt tightening for other spots after they started paying off Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yes. So you were going to see belt tightening across the board, even, you know, add Tyron Matthew onto that. Although, I mean, the offensive pieces were really what they threw most of their money at, uh, right, you know, they, yeah, they were going to, belt tightening was going to happen so this was the first step the way that i you see andy reed and company and eric belt be enemy the way they're looking at this they have to say okay we we got to the super bowl with pretty much a almost an entire line injured and having second string guys in there like that was the we we started a second string offensive line in super bowl 54 against the against i believe it was the top pass rushing defense in the nfl at that point yes so it was it was disaster on paper that, uh, and that, it's one that of the biggest caveats to the super bowl was yeah, that, that was challenge so their thought probably is okay we are doing this as a we have a short-term window now um of maybe three to four years where we could get another one or two championships you think it's two Two years. I give it two years. That's fine. Two, three, three, years. three or four. One of the two of them, I think. That Mahomes you know, contract is going to bite them in the ass. I mean, yeah, they, they, I mean, they did that when they made him a half million dollar guy. Like you were, it eventually is going to catch up to him. So, yeah. You know, Kelsey's going to be gone. Hill's going to be gone. Well, people got to remember Kelsey's going into his early thirties. Yeah. So people there's some years him. left, but you know, per, I mean, obviously production will go down at some point. Yeah. You know, uh yeah. that that one that'll be the first one that you might at some point you'll see signs of regression is from travis kelsey uh, at some point you know tyreek hill still pretty young you know he's gonna be around for for a little while yeah uh, and, those, and those are like that and then you gotta think like they've been drafting young with receiver position like mccall hardman's shown signs as well you know yes. they wanted they want to get a lot out of hardman watkins leaving helps i think expand that role too um you know and they'll probably be developing behind the scenes like Andy Reid always does so they they they'll rely on young talent moving forward um but to end the to end that answer the upgrades at line are short-term based to say let's just like we lost because of a poor line 
we just need to give a little more time. And then the question is, well, if we give more time, what happens? You know, and that's not to take away Tampa Bay secondary, which also, by the way, did a great job locking down Kelsey yep. and Hill. Neither of them really could break out for anything during during Super Bowl 54. Like that was another aspect. But give a little more time, and then Mahomes can scramble even more so, which then allows those receivers to get open more, which then leads to madness because Mahomes can do that crap to your team. Here's so my problem, though. Make and it a little marginally better. Yeah, that's that true. Happen. That's true. But I mean, you know, I, I looked at that Super Bowl a couple times, and I, I looked back at Super Bowl 50 with the Panthers and the Broncos. Yep. And I said to myself, okay, both of these games and, and both these teams, the Panthers and Chiefs, are very similar in their offensive identity. They love to go downfield. Okay. Every, every single passing play. And eventually it's going to bite them in the ass. I don't think the Chiefs will be terrible by any stretch. But eventually you have to look at this situation and be like, okay, when does the clock strike midnight? When? <laughs> right. When right. does the clock strike midnight? Because they're not going to be as dominant as they are offensively forever. They're just not. Because eventually... Every team has their time. In, indeed. But one thing I like to make a joke on is the succubus lives in many things. The succubus will collect your debt, and the debt must be paid. Hmm. When that will be, no one knows. <laughs> Hard to say. Money all I paid my debt. I paid my debt. <laughs> Just ask the Patriots. I know. Oh, yeah. You paid your debt very well. Oh, oh, hey, just give Marshawn Lynch the ball. That's it. I'm a nice guy, so I'm not going to bring up Rex Grossman. Oops. Oh, come on. Okay, okay, okay. All right. You admit it, though. If the Bears had great quarterback play, they're winning that Super Bowl, though. I would say that they gave a better fight. I mean, look – you want you want me what do you i'm gonna tell you rex grossman wasn't fit for the job so we'll put that terrible that game i know i've watched the highlights many times i actually stopped watching the game halfway through when i was younger because i was a much angrier fan back then and expected a lot um i mean credit i was only jesus let's think here 2006 yeah i was 12 11 you know okay but like still watch the highlights since I know, I know what went wrong. Rex Grossman was hot or cold every week. You didn't know yeah. what you were going to get in 06. Yeah. That, that was that was how the Bears played. They had a top, they had the top defense in the NFL, and they could stop no matter what happened on the offensive side with the sporadic nature of that offense with Rex Grossman behind center. That yes. was the play. Was defensively, yeah. they were going to lock you down week in and week out. They give you up one drive every game, which will usually be the first drive. But after that, no more. They yeah. would usually be locked down defense. So. Yep. You know, I get that. And right. yeah, looking at 06, a better QB, yeah, maybe they have a chance. I still think that for at that time, Manning, it was almost manifest destiny that he was eventually going to get the monkey off his back and win one. At that point, the questions were all about, well, when's he going to get past Tom Brady? When's he going to get to the Super Bowl? That when's he going to be the choke in the playoffs? Oh. You know? And he finally did. And Chicago, obviously, it was number one defense versus, I believe at that time, it was number one offense in the NFL. And defense didn't come to play and offensively Chicago choked it away from obviously turnovers. So uh, yeah, you know, looking back, maybe better QB would have helped that scenario, but I still think uh, 
the Colts were, I think, destined to win in 06. It just, um, just kind of happened that way. Mike is, uh, Mike is a quick question. Uh, actually, two of them. Who's the first coach that gets fired, and does Andy Reid look like the Kool-Aid man? <laughs> Andy Reid does. <laughs> He's like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> uh... <laughs> he does a little bit. You know, I could kind of see it. <laughs> he kind of he kind of with the big red uh t-shirt he wears for the chiefs he does look a little like a kool-aid man so mike mike has something he might be going with there mike is... um first coach fired though uh ooh, it's always tough yeah um up until the draft i was gonna well nah i wouldn't be naggy but he'd be one of the first few that i think was on the hot seat if it wasn't for fields everyone's so high on justin fields now and the organization wants to hold on to them and pace that they aren't going to let go i got uh, one for you in that, dallas hmm? dallas mike mccarthy well, yeah mccarthy's been a lame duck uh so far he really has come off as a lame duck head coach but i don't know jerry jones as long as you're loyal to jerry i mean you saw jason garrett kept his job for years i i I find That's it hard. I find it hard that they now credit. You can argue that Jason Garrett, because he was a backup to Troy Aikman, yeah, maybe he got some leeway. But I think Jerry, as long as you got a guy that's loyal to Jerry, like Mike seems like he is, I don't think they're going to let him go yet. You know, and also the injuries. Are, last year, you can argue that injuries derailed the entire thing. I mean, Dak Prescott was on a tear. Yeah, he was on a tear. He was a menace in the NFL at the position he he was leading passing for two weeks after he got knocked out for the season that was yeah. how good he was at one point yeah you know and they did make some upgrades defensively in the draft as well as you know through free agency uh i don't know i don't think mccarthy gets fired uh i wouldn't say that he's the first to go man off the top of my head though if i'm thinking coaches i think coaches that might not make see light of day um, I know Mike Zimmer has been kind of thrown around because of just all the talent they have in Minnesota. Um, and considering that they have not lived up to the expectations with, uh, with Kirk cousins behind center, I think one is to wonder if he has another lame, another lame year, like he did last year, if you start moving on and maybe look for someone to retool, I mean, Zimmer's been around for a while, so he's around for a long time, put yeah. those factors together. If you don't get a winning season again, you might start thinking of some options off se- off off season, possibly to uh, find some find a new look at that at the uh, roster itself. Yeah. With starting with a new coach, maybe even new GM. Uh, so, what about Denver? Well, maybe Vic Fangio. You know, it's been two seasons for him. He was brought in as a defensive coach. Uh, Drew Locke hasn't panned out yet. So that's, I mean, and it's not like the Denver didn't make any swings at quarterback either. You know, there were talks they were going to move up in the draft. They got Teddy Bridgewater, but Bridgewater doesn't exactly scream that it's a, uh, that after last year in Carolina, doesn't exactly scream that he's going to be a challenge to Drew Locke. The only thing that it will challenge Drew Locke for is, uh, you know, who's going to be the healthiest because Locke doesn't exactly scream that he's going to stay healthy. No. And Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I've loved the story of him recovering, but you know, last year he did have stretches where, you know, he had, he got knocked out. Now, could that be because of offensive line production? Maybe. Um, but you still wonder about it. You know, his health history is a thing you bring up. Neither of them screams, screams, oh my God. Uh, so yeah, if, if they, if they finish and don't have at least a winning season, you know, because they, they're kind of last year, they were kind of in every game, but just couldn't finish it at the end. Yeah. Maybe Vic is kind of on the chopping block a little bit. 
Um, what about what about Cliff Kingsbury? No, I'm in Arizona. No, they're doing too much good right now. I, I mean, maybe if the only way is if you have a disaster scenario where it goes like, well, let's see, you get new records. You get you get like new. So let's see, it's a 17 game schedule this year. If they go like say, oh Jesus Christ, um, maybe like say like six and eleven or lower. I think you're going to start saying like, all right, well, you know, if you go eight and nine or lower, you're, you're fired. Maybe. Yes. You, there is so much, ta- there is so much talent and potential in Arizona now There's so much after talent. last year, like last year, you can make the argument that because Kyler Murray sustained late in leg injury late in the year affected his play, which led to them basically collapsing and falling out of that seventh seed in the playoffs. That's the only reason Chicago got in is because Arizona couldn't win another game to, for their life. Yep. That they just collapsed. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you see a collapse like that, but, you know, in a certain way this coming year, if you don't see, say, 10 and 7 or better, uh, yeah, maybe Cliff does get the axe a bit. But it's kind of hard because of how much they built the air raid there and the yep. progression in trying to establish that system. You'd be, I don't, I don't know how you would be, how that would fare having to switch a new to a new system unless you were like, well, we'll get a new air raid coach because then, you know, air raid, you know, air raid is purely mostly shotgun passing. And it's always the question of how it translates to pro offenses. That's so, a hard, that's a hard system to find though. I mean, right. Well, and then it's, you it's, well, it's, think it's, about it. It's been, coming out in the, it's been coming out in college football. I mean, you and I talked to Stan Bedwell. You and I talked to him. Oh, yeah, I know. I love I love I love talking the air raid. And I like the air raid. I actually love the system of the air raid because oh, yeah, it, it's great. as he's talked, it confuses offenses for how many options you have to throw the pass. You know, it's not always thought as of a run game system, but you know, passing wise, it's hard to defend because there's so many options and ways you can cross receivers to where you can find an open man. Yep. Um, I got two more for you. Uh, Pete Carroll. Okay. And I'm Maybe. talking like if if they shit the bed fast. Like, I'm torn. I'm torn on it. I mean, if they, like, if they, uh, if they collapse, I mean, yeah, that's on yes. the table. Carroll... Carol to me, a, it's, it's a tough one. You know, it, Seattle's in such a weird spot because they've they've been yeah. winning under Pete Carroll. They have they have, with the exception of his first year, they've been winning. Like they've had yeah. winning records every They're year. Over he's nine been wins there. every year. Right. The the dude is a success is a staple of success. He's he's kind of another version. I see him as another version of like Sean Payton, where it's like I am always I'm almost well no he's even better than Sean Payton because Payton's even been inconsistent in his tenure. You know, yeah. he has always given you 10 wins or more since he joined up in Seattle in 2009. So, 10, yeah. 2010. Okay, it was 9 or 10. 2010, but model, consist- model consistency always is there. You know, the thing is, is that come playoff time, since you know, with the exception of that 2013 Legion of, Legion of Boom, things haven't really gone their way, you know, or they've had a chance to get repeat. Obviously, I just said what happened in 2014, so – you know, I can, I'm not going to bring that up again, but you know, since 2014 and beyond, it's been like, well, we have, we are one of the better NFC teams, yeah. but we haven't had that spark that brought us back to the Super Bowl in two years. I have back to back years, a possibility. If coach 
Carroll is indeed let go. I don't want him. I mean, I'm not begging for the Hawks to pull the trigger, but mm-hmm. I'm saying if they do decide, hey, listen, your time has come. Your debt must be paid. Your, and your debt must be paid in full. There are two guys that would go after, potentially for the next take three guys actually that would go after as the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Two of them are currently not in the NFL. Jim okay. Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. Jim Harbaugh. If they can realistically, they're probably one of the few teams that can pull that can pry Harbaugh out of Michigan. Well, they just gave Harbaugh an extension, so I I find that really so hard Michigan. to do. Still, it's Michigan. What have they done in the last twenty years? Yeah, but they're trying to build. Like, I, I would find that really hard to swing. All you right. know, I, I, I mean, he got lucky to even get that contract extension in the first place. I thought the next one might might tickle you a little bit. Uh, Mike might know him from the Chargers. He's currently the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. Mike Lombardi. Mm, yes, that's remember a, him. A rising name. Is, if that name sounds familiar to you, for Yes, he's the grandson to Vince Lombardi. Yep. He he's also was he has also been coaching for a very long time. A very long time in this league. Mm-hmm. And either as an assistant or coordinator. He has his first shot as offensive coordinator for the Chargers, and he's lighting it up with Justin Herbert. Lit it up. With Justin Herbert. Yeah, so, that's a team that I'm wondering there's what their ceiling is because they made a lot of pieces that make me say that they could make an argument for the most well-rounded in the West. So um their leaps hopefully leaps and bounds of what you'll see this year. I, I expect a lot from the Chargers, actually. Um, and especially since this is the first year they can have fans. The questions have been how does a fan base in LA they have a team that I think can bring people out and they're excited for. So Lombardi, yeah, you can make an argument. Maybe he, you know, maybe he can show some things. Obviously, yeah. hot offensive coordinators are always a yes. option for coaches. So yes, you know, you can throw him a bone. You have another, you know, another season where Herbert just lights it up and takes those those weapons that they brought into Los Angeles and makes them gain strides. Mm-hmm. And maybe they challenge for the division for what all the pieces they brought in. Who knows? You know, possibilities are endless there. Who knows? Uh, I'm. I think that's a good one. I. Uh, yeah, but if I, mean, I had, to, yeah, if I had to put, a, if I was a betting man, I had to put money on it. Who would I want? From I mean, you're coming from a defensive philosophy from a guy who, yes, is the best coach Seattle's ever had. Yes, but you said it first. Come playoff time, what have they done other than two years? What have they done? Usually, I mean. Get knocked out. He'll either get knocked out. Usually, it's get knocked out in the divisional round as of late. Yes, it's always um, they get knocked out in the divisional yeah. round, or in two instances they get knocked down the wild card, and it's close. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, you have to look at this. Okay, they brought in some guy. They retooled the offensive line again. Yeah. Again, they brought always in some more. Has been a problem with since Wilson's been there too. Keep yeah, that in mind. True. It's true. They brought in some more weapons. I love their draft, particularly two of the three picks with Stone Forsythe, who I think starts at right tackle for them this year because okay. Brandon Shell is a turnstile sometimes. I would know. Um, and D. Eskridge out of, Central, out of Western Michigan, love that pick. 
I don't know if you've seen enough tape of, of Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, it's been a minute since I've looked up some of the tape, but dude can run. Yeah, he can run. And mm-hmm. they got running backs galore, tight ends yes, galore. As long as Chris Carson stays healthy, then oh God, I have please. no doubts. Please, please mm-hmm. stay healthy. Um, I mean, the defense got better. They got a lot better defensively. When you look at all the, the guys who they added, Kerry Hyder had 13 and a half sacks last year. Did he? Kerry Hyder, who's from yeah. the 49ers. Can't, let me Google this crap. Kerry <laughs> Hyder. Kerry Hyder, stats. 2020. Please hold. Uh, yeah, had eight and a half sacks. Excuse yes. me. And he started over Nick Bosa when Bosa got hurt. Right. So, and they brought back Carlos Dunlap, which is awesome. It was a good one year. It was a good trade pickup they had last year. Yeah, they, they, they caught him originally, and then they brought him back in a two-year deal, which is great. Um. Daryl Taylor, I'm very excited for. Their second round pick from last year at Tennessee. Yeah. Very excited for. Him. And they have Akil Witherspoon. They they gotta work out the Jamal Adams deal. DJ Reed was an animal last year at corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got him on waivers from the 49ers. I mean, I, I think the defense will be a lot better than where they were last year. And it, it's the Shane Waldron hired as the new offensive coordinator, he brings a lot of the zone scheme of the Rams in there. She gets me excited. Yeah. Excited. Very excited. <laughs> um, oh, Mike brings up a good one. Can, uh, how, much, how much longer do you get Mike Tomlin? I don't know. The Rooney family doesn't exactly fire people often, so... I think as long as you're seeing that they get winning records, that's the thing. The Roonies don't really pull the trigger on coaches often. You know, it's they, I mean, Bill Cower retire and Tomlin's been there since Cower retired. So they really are just more as it's similar to like Jerry Jones, I think, where it's like, Hey, as long as you're loyal to the Roonies and you get some somewhat of success, we're going to be fine. Like they don't want to rock the boat as much in that position, but I mean, if Tomlin has it, like this is the same, this is a similar thing. Like it has to be like a catastrophic year for Mike Tomlin to get fired. No, you know, if, if you're competing in the NFC or in the AFC North again, they're not going to move anywhere. They're, no. they're not going to do anything. I mean, I don't, Tomlin's job security, I think is one of the best in the NFL because he continues to win games year in and year out. It's a similar scenario with the Seattle, like the Seattle Seahawks. It's just, once they get to the playoffs, they lose that spark that says we're a Super Bowl contender, you know? Or you just run into, you know, a quarter like you run into Tom Brady because Ben Roethlisberger has yeah. had a historically terrible record against Tom Brady. Same for Mike Tomlin. Or you run into uh, Green Bay in this case. Yeah, well, or my case situation. Right. You know, yeah, run into Green Bay, which yeah, ever since Seattle had that miracle comeback, <laughs> that had a miracle comeback back oh. in 2014, it's been Russell Wilson and company get destroyed by Aaron Rodgers usually. Uh, so. You know, it's almost like a price to pay that you did a deal with the devil or something. That's <laughs> how I see it. I don't think Mike Tomlin gets fired unless you really fall off the rails. Because Pittsburgh, you know, we thought when they did trade the trade for uh, Mika Fitzpatrick that they were kind of going, throwing the chips in 
and that that defense was going to regress. It didn't regress last year. It actually is their best unit, which Pittsburgh prides itself on. Yeah. Offensively, they were doing enough to you know win football games. It's just that they couldn't get a run, and eventually they leaned too much on the pass, and teams caught on, and they took advantage of it. And so, you know, you see Roethlisberger getting trimmed, trimmed down. He's trying to lose weight, be more mobile at his older age. You know, you have a receiving core that if they can just stay off, t- if they can just, you know, focus on the game and less on the off-field type of social media stuff. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, Claypool, Ch- you know, Smith Schuster. Although it's, Schuster's not a bad guy, it's just that people give him flack for being on TikTok. I think, uh, but you know, focus on the in-game, you know, production and get better in the running game. Hopefully, Najee Harris is the boost that they've been looking for. I hope so. You can balance that team; they can still be in it. So, they, Mike Tomlin, yeah, realistically, that division is not a crap. Yeah, Mike, a Mike Tomlin, to me, he's not on the hot seat because there's another team there that you can, you can get some wins again and be like. Rooney, or you can go to the Rooney family and go, look, we're close, and just do the same thing again, where it's like, we're this close. We just got to get a few more pieces. You talk to you know? Steelers fans, however, and they'll say they want to fire time on every stick of game. Well, I think that they're getting tired of not going anywhere. The inconsistency. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, listen. Yeah. Well, and you, probably, lost to, you lost to Cleveland in the playoffs last year, which is usually a marker of a team that beats you down. Now they're beating you down, and you're realizing you're starting to get behind in that division when Baltimore and Cleveland are considered the one and two now. And Pittsburgh's a three. They used, I mean, Pittsburgh's always been in at least one or two conversation at the top. Now you're third. Yeah. Now I'm starting to get a little worried, but yeah. And if, I, if history says anything, the Roonies will not fire Mike no. Tomlin unless the, it is a disaster of a year. They like, will not do anything. If the, if the Steelers somehow finish with four wins and they're behind the Bengals, the Ravens and the Browns, do you see them pull the trigger? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, the Bengals are still many question marks. So, I mean, if Cincinnati comes out this year and is number three in that division and you see you see Big Ben and company without – you see Big Ben and company just falter at every aspect, uh, then, yeah, I mean, I would – I'd be pulling the trigger too if I was them because you've had enough years of saying we've been <sighs> successful. We've been there at right at the verge of trying to get to a championship berth again. You know, it's been – you know, since they won their last one against the Arizona Card against the Arizona Cardinals, it's you know it's been coming up on third on twelve years now. So, yeah, you know that's twelve years. Mike Tom. Now credit they did go to a Super Bowl in that time. You know they they went in two thousand ten or well played in two thousand eleven, but in two thousand ten went and lost to Green Bay in a close contest. But you know it's been twelve years. You know there's been a lot of wins. It's just that eventually you have a lot of wins in regular season, but you aren't making postseason movements usually teams start kind of saying, Hey, we're kind of stagnating. Let's maybe we can think about shaking it up. Or forever spinning the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You know, and there's an argument to both sides of that coin. One side says, well, we're winning games. We just got to find that little bit bit that makes it a magical run. The other side of it says, this is getting stale. Let's look for a new philosophy. So the Roonies right now are the side that goes, we just need those one or two pieces and we're there. So That's until perfect. they get to the stale aspect which would be a, a which would be mainly a a disaster year where they finish one of the lower teams in the AFC. They're not moving anywhere. It, that's just that's not how the Roonies have operated their organization since the Steelers have been in existence. Okay, before we keep going, I'm gonna, before we end the show for today, and hopefully we will do this again later in the week. Probably, who knows? It all depends on scheduling. Uh, Mike, screw off for saying the Seahawks should bring back Tom Cable. No. 
Mike. Uh, okay. I think we're good without Tom Cable for all the off-field. How is this all the off-field crap. coach? I have mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah, we can we can go the rest. He can have retire and he can stay away from the NFL. I'm Thanks. fine with that. He could retire and go. He could be sent to Pluto for all I care. Yeah, we. I do not. I would not care for Tom Cable being on any team again. So I'm cool seeing <laughs> that one left to die. Seattle should hire Bobby Lashley as the next head coach. No. God, right. it's a wrestling reference. <laughs> it's a wrestling reference. Probably you won't get. Oh, man. Speaking Lincoln of- Riley. <laughs> God help us all. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us on this live stream. Uh, the sports game, we will probably we will try to do this more often because, again, it all comes down to scheduling. But thank you for joining us um, for this wonderful live stream. And for those listening on all of our podcast platforms, thank you for listening. Zach, thank you for joining. We Rob. will be sure to do this more often. Yeah, I'll hop on uh, another time later on. Hell yeah, my man. All right. For this for the stream, continue watching, but for the for the audio format, see you guys in the near future.